0: Welcome to Belmont Banter, the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC. Every week we chat to ex-players, supporters and invited guests here on Belmont Banter. Welcome
1: to the official podcast of Whitstable Town FC.
0: Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is Fibertech UK Limited. Hello
1: again everyone and well let's call him an old friend. Uh, we've just done Jason Lillis, the player, and he's took us on a, a really good journey all the way from Medway to Warsaw and everywhere in between. And uh, well, Jason's now in management, or he got into coaching first, I presume. So let's hear the story now about Jason Linis, the coach, the manager. Jason, how did it all start then? What did you I mean, I, from when we were talking before, your last sort of playing career, you were playing around the Kent League clubs, Folkestone, Chatham, one or two other clubs, which you enjoyed, but then your career,
0: you felt, was time to come to an end. How did you get into coaching? It was, it was quite bizarre, really, Tony, because um, what happened was um, I went to watch uh, Maidstone United play um, in when I was in like the, the Kent County League because that's where they had to start from again. And I was just watching and I went and then I went to meet um, Steve Butler in a, in a pub um, in Maidstone where, just to have a catch-up. And what happened was, funny enough, it sounds, I went to the, the lavatory, I went to the toilet, and this is this is how bizarre it is. Paul Bowden-Brown was in there. Um, and we're just, and hello, Paul, hello, Jase, how you doing? <laughs> oh, and while you're there, what's your thoughts about managing Maidstone United? And I went, really? I went, well not thought about it and he so that was the first conversation so I thought right okay he said can we can I buy you a drink I went okay so we come out (laughs) so we we sat at the bar and I'm talking to butts and and we're having a conversation and uh he said I'm not happy with what's going on at he said obviously you've got an affinity with Mason and the supporters he was there from start to finish and you have got a bit of a loyalty to the club, which I have. I hold dear to my heart because my dad used my dad played there for years. Played under Ernie Morgan and Roy Hodgson was playing with yeah. my dad at the time. So, and I remember, So yes, I did have a like a quite a, a loyalty to Maidstone. So he said, "Look, why don't you come down and watch the game with me next Saturday? And just can you just give me your thoughts on what maybe I could do better or change and whatever?" I thought, "Okay, fine. Have a social day out. Lovely. Yeah. Nothing more than that." So, cut along till was short. About five minutes from half time, Paul Bowden Brown comes up to me and he says, um, I'm sacking the manager. I went, I beg your pardon. He said, I'm sacking the manager at half time. Half time? Half time. I went, Oh, you can't do that, Paul. I said, Look, You see the game out? He said, No. He said, I can't put up with this no more. He's, he's an absolute disaster and all that. I'm going, Well, no, no, no. I said, You can't do that. He said, Jace, I need you to do me a favor. Can you just stand in and stand on the line for me for half a game? I went, I beg your pardon so cut along to his short he's walked off next thing you know there's a big row coming off the pitch and half time the guy's gone and Paul's put me in a bit of a position said look can you come here look, and and just speak to the players and just get us through half a game so I've got in the change. I said boys I don't know what to say here I said I'm only here to give my sort of advice and cut along to his short I said look just go out go and play and see what happens. I said, look, like, I don't know any of your boys. And that's how I left it. Nice. After the game, he came up to me, he said, look, Jace, he said, I want to offer you the, the job. I went, Paul, I said, I didn't really like what you did. I said, if I'm being honest, I didn't really like what you did. Mm. I said that weren't that weren't he said, but you didn't know the politics behind the previous weeks, da 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 and there was a lot more that went on. So he explained a little bit more went on. But even though I disagreed that it should have been done after the game, I went and met their their committee and and then I, then I said, OK, I'll take it for a year, for the rest of the year and see how I got on. So I brought some players in and um, we finished top. Yeah, so we won the league. So, and then he asked me to stay again and, and that's how, that's how my, my managerial career started. Crikey. That is bizarre. No other word for it. Absolutely. It, well, it, it was, yeah, it was. It was strange. I
1: mean, Paul is a bit like Marmite though, isn't he?
0: Absolutely, I've had my runnings with him over the years. And, I can um, imagine, yeah. Um, his heart's in the right place. I'll give him his due, his heart's in the right place, mm. but sometimes I do disagree with his methods. Anyway, exactly. we're here to talk about
1: you. And anyway, the best thing about it was he gave you your start in management. As bizarre he did. as it was,
0: yeah. Yeah, he did. Um, and um, we had, I had a good, successful three years there doing mm. it with him. Yeah. I brought in my own staff, I brought in some good players, what sort of uh, players did you have at the time there? Well, so I brought in Paul Haylock, Carl yeah. Um, I brought in, there was, um, oh, I had loads of players come in. You just throw me there. This oh. <laughs> isn't the it's 20 questions. Don't worry. Yeah, we, 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 you'll come back, that. Come, you'll come back to yeah, yeah, the Nicky Rains. The, yeah. There was a lot of players who come around in the Chatham area. Uh, Peter Overton, and people like that. Uh, Peter well, Jarvis. Yeah. Uh, and we had some really good good players and um and my cousin come and played in goal simon jolly and the he come and played in goal for me so yeah we had some really good players and, and, and we moved on and you've you've always had mason have always had a good vocal support haven't they always oh absolutely and i mean even in the county league they were getting 300 yeah i know um, it was ridiculous absolutely we... ridiculous the support was absolutely un... it was brilliant it was well, brilliant. At Wistler, well, we loved it. I think at the time, our, our gate was sort of like
1: hovering around 150 or something like that. And all of a sudden, Mason are coming. It'll be up to 400 plus. It was brilliant.
0: Oh, exactly. And I remember we played in a cup final um, at Gravesend. I think there was 1,200 there. And that was all Maidstone United supporters. Yeah, I know.
1: It gets like that, doesn't it? Great. That's really, really good. fantastic. Yeah. I mean, you've been involved in football clubs a lot over the years. And you must have seen how... You know, a, a
0: little run of wins galvanises the supporters, doesn't it? Of course it does. No, and the thing is, you you only is, your club's only as good as what the what the results are on the pitch. I mean, but I'm a great believer in that you build a club off it, and that becomes that becomes uh, an all inclusive club where I believe that the committee, the supporters, the players are all as one. Yeah. And um, there's no divide. I know there's got to be some sort of structure in place with hierarchy. I get that but I just believe a good social club is a good, successful club, and, and I will always say that. Can I just point
1: out one thing now? You talk about social, and you've hit on, like when, the, when you were in the professional league, obviously you're bonding, you're all together, you're training together, seven days a week or six days a week, whatever it is. When you then go into non-league, you train with them perhaps on a Tuesday and maybe a Thursday, and then you play on a Saturday. The thing that then stuck Get them to stick like glue was the social aspect of it now to my mind that for lots of clubs now has drifted away a bit because the drinking culture is not what it used to be is it
0: yeah exactly and obviously the drink driving laws and all that yeah. changed and the people the socialist and i get that and i totally understand that and i'm fully back that you should never drink and drive get that no, absolutely uh, but there is other elements that can be that can be done you don't need to drink to socialize you can come in um, you can be, and what I've seen around clubs, which has disappointed me, where they they come and pick their wages up and they just leave the place. And as a manager, I never, I, I I'd never had that. I never had that. All the players that had, who come and played for me, um, and all the clubs that I was involved in, was very very tight knit, and it was a good social and cl- was a good social element to it. Well, you
1: had a good grounding there with Maidstone. So you had your
0: three years at Maidstone. Your time to leave. Did he sack you at half-time? time? <laughs> no what happened was funny enough Paul Baden-Brown in his wisdom we was looking for players and, and we was doing really well and he started trying to get players from um, league clubs on loan and things like that and and he was interfering in players that he wanted to bring in and obviously it was my if I failed by my players I fell by <coughs> my players not by his
1: Yeah.
0: and what happened was he brought two lads down from Cholton um, and he promised them they would get a game and I told them that the best that they would get would be on the bench because my players deserve that my loyalty, and, mm. and and then they said, "Well, no, we're not staying." Well. I say, "Well, you you go then." I mean, don't worry, we'll leave you too short on the bench. I'm not a problem. Mm. So I'm very loyal um, to my players. I mean, they have to work hard and deserve their place. Don't get me wrong, but they would not. They won't be just taken out because someone else says they've got to be. So um, and then after the game, me and Paul had sort of words, and I said, "Look, this ain't the way to go," and and then I left. Fair
1: enough.
0: So the next stepping stone for you was where? So what happened was um, the Herne Bay job come up. All
1: oh, right, yes.
0: Um, the Herne Bay job come up and um, they invited me to an interview. And John Barthurst uh, uh, met me at his house with Bill Dordoy and, and um, a couple of others. And we sat around the table talking about philosophies, talking about different methods, talking about club forward. Um, and obviously I must've said the right things because they offered me the, they offered me the job. So you suddenly at a club where the shirts are blue. Yes, it, it is, and um, to be fair, it was it was a good, it was really good times. I mean, I was sitting third from bottom when I took over, and from then I again got some players in, but I stayed with the players that were there, but just worked on them, and I built a little bit of a, a community around them, and and a little bit more of a social element around them, mm-hmm. and I think we ended up finishing in sixth. Something like that, that year. Um, and I had a good run. And then the following year, we really done well. So, so what was it just the two years there, was it? Was it more than that? Three. three yeah, it was four. over three years. So, so what happened was <clears throat> the second year, um, we I wanted to move on. And and I bought some players in, um, kept the nucleus of the players, but then brought in some decent players. Um, my my two centre-halves, obviously, were Lloydie, Wes Hammond, people yeah. like that. Mm. Um, and then, God rest his soul, Martin Collins come and played for me. And then Nathan Eastwood. We had um, oh dear. We had oh, we had Sam Denley. We had uh, oh, um uh, Souths. We had uh, Imran come and played for me. We had um, Gary Cook then come and played for me. So and then up front, I got um, Danny Kedwell in and yes. Dave Masters. What what a team
1: then too
0: Yeah, um, and then again, Danny Kedwell was really in a bad way um off the pitch and i made him a few promises and i and i said you do well for me and i'll promise you a good move and and that's what's happened and that's how his career started
1: blimey well done for you because i suppose the good thing as well
0: is your previous career as a player you had the contacts didn't
1: you genuine
0: contacts yeah i did and one thing i wouldn't do straight away is i would never go and call on them straight away i'm a great believer in working what you've got oh yeah um because sometimes it's not, sometimes they're bad players. It's just maybe, and again, moving them in a different position, maybe. Mm-hmm. A different formation, a different different way of thinking. And and that's what I did. And all I did gradually just brought a couple of players in, like uh, um, uh, Mitch in. I brought Mitch in. Well, Jack D'Elo was a was... goalkeeper at the time. Yeah. Jack D'Elo uh, was a great
1: goalkeeper. But your, your Danny Kedwell was a prime example, isn't it? Because he bought a, a
0: player. Yeah, he did. And, and to be fair, he was hard work. He was hard work to manage. Um, and he he, he will um, vouch for that. Um, trying to keep him in on a Friday night before a game was hard, um, but we managed to we managed to do things with him. Um, and then he just he just went on and on and on. And and I think he had a great match uh, with Dave Masters. Um, they were good pals as well, and we had a great time. And yeah. I think that year, what happened was. I mean, I'm having great games against Winstable. Oh, absolutely! Uh, Do you know you just you—you when...
1: you know how the memory suddenly twigs? There was one game at the Bay. Dave Masters scored a goal down the end, the let us call it the Winstable end—with almost the last minute of the game. It broke my heart that day. <laughs> what a yeah. player he was! What a yeah, player. He was
0: yeah, and yeah, he was quick. Believe it or not, uh, but obviously, he, cricket was his thing. Professional cricket, that's right. So, professional cricket, so, yeah. Um, so we had to, we, he had to go on um, and move on. So, but the thing is that year, I think what happened was we lost the title by one point. And that was because we lost to, uh, what are they call Sporting Bengal at the time. No. We lost at home. Yeah. They brought this team in, never forget it. And they were full of internationals, Indian internationals and things like that against us. Blimey. Yeah. And we wow. lost the league by one point. Wow.
1: I mean, that was a lovely little club.
0: But, uh, you know, when we went
1: there and you, you and your past
0: as well, you almost felt as if you, you know, it was, a, it was a win, wasn't it? Sporting Bengal. Yeah, exactly. We went there. We thought, OK, then we'll we'd just rest a couple of players who were struggling with a little bit of injury yeah. them on the bench um, and bring them on if need And all of a sudden this team turned up, was like, well, where did this come from? Yeah, absolutely. so, But that's, that's what happened. And, and they've done it. Whitstable Town Football Club's main sponsor is FibreTech UK Limited.
1: Time as management at uh,
0: Bay came to an end. Where did yeah. you move on to next? Yeah, so what I mean is I, I, I took some time away. Um, I've, I actually took two years away from the game. I I fell out of love with it. I I, I, I don't know why. I just had, had a probably a time in life. Thought, you know what? I just need time away. I, I lost yeah. interest and and I didn't want. I didn't want to get involved in football. I didn't go and watch any football, and I just switched off from it. Yeah, for about two years, really. So, and then what happened was bizarrely. Again, my wife she come up to me on a Saturday. She went like, "Why don't we just go and watch a game of football? Just just go out and watch a game of football because my missus loves football and she's always been supportive. She, like she knows everything about what how football runs and the commitment it is, and She's quiet, she can't beat me, she joins me, sort of thing. And the kids come along, and they have to deal with it. Yeah. Um, so, what happened was she went, and I know Tony Sitford at um, Corinthians, he's a good friend of my dad. He, my dad played with him at Dartford, and he's, he's a great close family friend. And she went, Look, let's don't go and watch a local game, let's go up to Corinthians and, and have a little run out and, mm. and go and have a bit of lunch and whatever. I went, Fine. So what happened was, Corinthians were playing Beckingham at the time, um, and I know Jason Huntley there, who was the, a chairman at the time, and playing. And I was just watching, talking to Tony, and, and at the time, Corinthians didn't have a manager. And after the game, I went in the bar with, uh, with Tony and, and Jason Huntley. Jason Huntley pulled me in the stair, up the stairs, walking up to the bar straight away. He said, you're my team for me, and all this, like that. And I think, oh, no, here we go again. So... <laughs> So I'm walking up the stairs. <coughs> we Tony so We were just talking about family things, talking about football, and I just said, "Look, I've lost the love of the game," and and he was quite confident to me, and he we was going, "Look, no, you might need to get back into it," and and he said, "Why don't you get back into it? Come and manage for me at Corinthians, so I went to Tony. I "Do I won't give you what you wanted, and and I'm, I'm not ready for it." So, cut a long story short, we um, we went into Lordswood Club because um, that's my local club yeah. um, where we lived, and. And I knew all my friends there and I'm having a couple of beers and all of a sudden the committee, we having a meeting and all of a sudden one of them pulled me into a meeting and when Jay said, look, we, the manager's left. <laughs> um, could, you, could you stand in as a caretaker manager till we find someone? And I went, nah, there no. There we go again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, not for me. Um, it, it's like deja vu. This yeah. is how strange it was. Um, so I'm having a drink And all of a sudden A mate Very close to my mate My John O'Halloran um, We're still on the committee there And we're, we've had a few to drink And he went Jace, He went Look You need to help me out He said We've got no one He said Look We're in a bit of a state He said You played for us You love the club He said Look Just come and do What you can for us I went what i went give me the details what's happening he said look i said i'm not making training on tuesday i'll make it on thursday but you need to get me a team because i haven't i don't know any of the players he said look don't worry about it. the team will turn up on thursday pick a team take the saturday and then we can talk again saturday i went so i spoke to my wife my wife went yep he's doing it <laughs> like, <laughs> um, i think she had enough of me of being at home i, think, I was just saying, it sounds like she wanted you out the house yeah, she wanted me out. Now. So, so that's what happened. So, in the end, um, I turned up on the Thursday. There was a team on the Saturday away at homestay. I put a team together, and then at one o'clock, um, and then at one o'clock, um, we um, uh, we got the game, got one all, and and come back, and we had a meeting at the club, and they said we'd like, could you take the team forward as as first team manager? And I went, I don't feel. I had no one with me to help me. Um, I said, if I can get this one person in to help me, I'll um, I'll do it. So I was on the phone to a, a friend of mine called John Guest, and he, he retired from football. Well, he went, "Jase, no, I haven't got the energy to do this." I said, "Look, if you don't do it, I won't do it." And I knew he drink. He was a close friend of the clubs yeah. as well, and and he, I said, "Look, let's look, let's just hold all let's shall we just go for it?" He went, "He said, I'm never going to forgive you for this, but yeah, okay, we'll do it." And, and that's what happened. And that's when I started managing Lordswood. God. Honestly,
1: you get offered a job in a toilet. You get offered a job in a bar.
0: <laughs> that's the best place to find me, I think.
1: <laughs> Brilliant. So,
0: right. So you've gone from Herne Bay to Lordswood. How long did you stay at Lordswood then? Yeah, so Lordswood, I'd, um, to be fair, we, we was really successful. Um, what happened was I had an open trial for anyone who wants to come and have a game. Didn't matter who they was, what standard they wanted to come and play, just open up. So, so what happened was, oh, I'll I take it to back to another story. So the, the Tuesday when we took over from Lordswood, um, the, the previous manager had loads of players from London come down in one car. Um, mm. And they knew the time of training at quarter past seven and whatever. And they never turned up till quarter to eight. And I asked them why they were late and whatever. Um, they didn't really give me an answer. I said, look, if you can't give me an answer, you might as well leave now. And They said, well, the previous manager said, I said, look, I'm not the previous manager, time's time, whatever. And they come down with a little bit of an attitude. And I said, you know what, get your bags and go in the car. Just get your bags, go in the car and go. They went, we can't do that. I went, look, I've just done it. Just get in the car. Um, and there was two car loads of them. So <laughs> I go into the bar. I go into the bar afterwards and I go to the committee. I said, look, I've just sacked. They went, do you know what? That's nine of your first team. <laughs> So on the Tuesday I had four players to get and I had a game on the Saturday. Oh no. God. So I had to get all my mates in. I had to get all my, I had to call in all my old mates that retired from football and new ones to come in and, and get me a get me a game on a Saturday. Oh that, again. So that was quite funny. Oh my goodness me. <laughs> yeah, so no, yeah, nothing's ever on, so, straightforward, is it? No, it's never <laughs> straightforward. So I've had a I've had some ground in it as a manager, trust me. Well, I think, yeah. Um so we had a really successful time after that. Um, we we survived, we finished fifth the first year. I think I was involved, and the second year we finished fourth, but we got to the last 16 of the VARs. Um, and we made a cup final, um League Cup final. Um, so we was for so for a club that had no money. Um, That's brilliant. And the only thing that we could do, my wife took over the um T-bar. Um, and some of the boys were traveling in their cars. He said, So he said, look, whatever profit we make out of the T-bar we put it to their, their travel expenses. So if it cost them 20 quid to get there or 10 quid, we, we help them with their expenses. Yeah. So my wife worked the tea bar And um, and then so she could pay some of the boys their petrol money just to get to games. Um, and then what happened was we said, right, how can we now move this club forward to have some continuity about um, getting players in? So I ended up taking the 18s manager's job as well.
1: Oh, you're a
0: glutton for punishment you aren't you? Yes yeah, so my wife washed the kit, done all that. I took the 18s managers on a and, and tried to bring some of the 18s into the first team yeah So I thought right I've got all these old players in that I've brought in we need to now move, try and get some sort of stability and move forward for the club. Yeah. So it's all right my, my mates and my contacts playing but they're coming to the end of their career yeah so how can we move it forward so I've got some 18s in there and built the youth team around moving them into the first team as well.
1: Yeah, I've got a, 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 an admission to make here. I rather like Lordswood as a club. They've always been so welcoming to us as, as when we were up there in committee for Whitstable, and we've always had some good games with them. You know, the pitch is a decent pitch. The only problem with it is, as far as the club's concerned, is the bar's too far away to be integrated with the club, isn't it?
0: Well, it is, and and to be fair, it's and they don't get nothing from the bar as well. Uh, I, I understand um, that. So there's no sort of um, connection with the bar with, and, and the club because no. they've got rugby, they've got cricket yeah. and they've got football. So they can't seem to be doing one without the other. So um, unfortunately, that's why Lords really have never moved forward. No, I realise, I
1: realise. And good committee people up there as well, behind the scenes,
0: lovely, lovely guys. Yeah, and obviously we lost a really close friend of ours, Dennis Caulfield. We um, were yeah. really, really close to him. Um, that was a sad day, um, losing him. Yeah, and they—they're the stalwarts. of so him, Dave Sims, John O'Halloran, um, Steve Lewis—they're—they're all—they're all major major players. by keeping that club going? And I hold my hat up to them. That's brilliant. So you had your good run in the Vars,
1: and you went to a Cup final. Um, how much longer did you stay
0: there? Yeah. So what happened was this is when I um, that then I went away, um, and then I'd done a two stints really at Lawswood, Really, I went away and come back to help me out again on a very short basis, but. Mm. After that was um, is when Nicky Southall approached me when was manager at Whitstable. Whitstable, yeah. And and I couldn't really do no more at Lordswood because I'd done everything and I wanted them, to, I wanted them to have a new a new era. They, yes. I wanted them to have someone to come in, take the club forward, more energy, have new ideas. Um, yes. There was it, was it. There was a good structure in place, and I left it in a really. So I said to him, "Look, it's time for me to move on and explore yeah. something completely different." And I, I I wanted to go more into the coaching. Because I love the coaching element to it, and then Nicky turned, and Nikki didn't really have the contacts at that level. No, and 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 he's never been a manager. And I, and he asked me if I would come along and, and assist him and help him out. <coughs> and I did. It was a good good
1: time as well, wasn't it? You got um, highest position in the league or one of the. No, we had a great run, didn't we? In the cup.
0: Yeah, we in the FA Trophy. I think yeah. uh, again we got to the last sixteen, was it? Yeah it was. There. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Fantastic. I remember beating Hendon away. We went away at Hendon. We beat. them. Brilliant. Yeah. Um, and yeah, unfortunately, we lost to Gravesend. That's right. Yeah. On a, in a replay. Yeah, it was good times, wasn't it? Yeah, in a replay, and um, and we should have won. Um, so yeah, we had some really good times. Um, we had really good times. Um, and and but unfortunately, there were certain things that were going on that I didn't sort of agree with and I weren't happy with and and I and I weren't being with a club that I felt happy at yeah. and unfortunately at the time that the regime that was in charge even though I respect I respect him off the pitch um, I'm a close friend off the pitch
1: and How did you then end up with well I know where you are at the moment but where did you go after
0: that? Yeah so what happened was um, Neil Cudley rung me and we met up and had a drink and, and he said would you like to become first team coach for me here at Folkestone? And that was a non-brainer for me. I went, yeah, because I love Cugs, um, friend of mine, um, great club, and and I went and and went there as, as first team coach there with him and Edgy, um, and was very successful, and got promoted and and put a good grounding into some of them players, and and I brought some good players in for him as well that I worked with, and some of them are still there now today, which I'm really happy with what a side you had down
1: there then when you got promotion was that the time when you went the whole of the season you only had about 16 players
0: yes yeah and we only and we and we didn't we lost i think we only lost three points there. incredible wasn't it yeah i
1: I I remember talking to neil once when he was talking and proud of rightly so of the the squad and what what done and i think the back four was absolutely the back four the whole of the season
0: well, yeah, and they all had, if if you look at the back four, I think one's just, well, when I was there, they all they all had over 500 games playing for him.
1: Yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't so, it? So,
0: and most of the team now that play for folks who never leave. No, they don't, do
1: they?
0: No, and, and it ain't about money either, because I know the budget, and it's not about the money there, it's about the way they get treated, the way they they love the place, um, and it's such a family club and cugs and the committee, are great people to work for. He's a good guy, isn't he? He's quite yeah. a private man. He doesn't,
1: he doesn't push himself forward, does
0: he at all? And to be fair, he, he's like the Alex Ferguson of non-league football. That's how I can, that's how much I hold him in high esteem because he, he, he knows everybody. He knows how to treat players. Um, don't get me wrong. He can have a, he can have his moments. Oh, yeah. I, he can I have know. his moments when things are not happy. Um, but generally, um, he's the manager and he lets you get on with your job and that's how he does and surprisingly not and i'm he would have been a proper league manager if he pushed himself yeah i think he would as well so you had a couple of good years down at folkestone where did you move on from there so what happened was i went to america um i was offered a job in america coaching um head of coaching in the state of maine in new england um so i took that opportunity and went out to america family as well or just you well yeah unfortunately what happened was they was all out there ready to go and um and then donald trump come in um, and he stopped all visas, he stopped everything, it, and, and, and then obviously it stopped my family coming out, so I was over there for a while on my own. Oh, that's no fun, is it? No, um, not. I had Christmas out there on my own and things like that. And It's quite a lonely place, even though I was looked after, don't get me wrong. Oh, yeah. It was a good experience, great yeah, experience. I'm sure, I'm sure.
1: So you come back to the UK. Um, did you have anything sorted out for you when you came back?
0: Yeah, what happened was there was, um, in between, I, I went back into teaching at um, into Spires Academy, just helping out um, there, but in the background, there was a head of coaching um, position coming up at Gillingham Football Club,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, which I applied for and I was asked to be applied for, so I went for the interview and um, become head of coaching at Gillingham Football Club. And still there to this day? And still there today. brilliant.
1: Brilliant. How do you find it now being back into professional football, uh, having had the circle of professional start off with, then you've gone into non-league, you've managed at non-league, and now you're in professional full-time. Can you see the difference the
0: structure makes to the players? Yeah, I think obviously the structure, the everyday training, the um, um, the actual characters of the players are different to non-league players, um, but I, I, I do find um, some of the players that are now in professional game take it, they don't take, they take a little bit of everything for granted. They, um, they're they not as grounded as, yeah. as players were in my day.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, one of your, I would call him one of your top players. He certainly was in the short time he was with us, John Akindi. We had John when he was a young boy, 17. And uh, I remember actually a game at Lordswood when I mean, John's a big lad, isn't he? Physically a big lad. But at the time he was very reluctant to mix it and get in amongst the players. And I said to him one time, I said, you know, while we were at Northwood at half time, and he said, John, put yourself about a bit, mate, you know, make sure that the keeper and and all the defenders know you're there. Well, when he started to do that, because at the time the manager was uh, um, Mark Seager and Mark had a lot of time for John. And when he started to
0: impose himself more, I'll tell you
1: what, he is some
0: player, isn't he? When he's on his game. Yeah, yeah, I, I think he's still yeah, he does put himself about. I could say that. He yeah. does he don't mind he don't mind putting himself about now. Um, but yeah, unfortunately he's had a lot of injuries at the moment and um he's getting back to fitness. Um I'm not sure our game plan suits him as a as a forward. Um but he um yeah, but he's still working hard. Um but he's coming to the end of his his days now and, yeah, I'm and sure. And we spoke the other day around about, he wants to get into, he wants to get into coaching now. So, um, so we'll be, we'll be discussing that a little bit further now.
1: Oh, that's good because he's certainly got the experience. I mean, he's down at Bristol. He's, you know, he's, he's in the, um, he's in the hall of fame, isn't he? Do you know, did you know that his shirt's in the hall of fame?
0: No, I didn't know. Well, you talked
1: to him about that then. He'll tell you, nobody scored for absolute United. Yeah. And uh, it was the last last goal at Wembley or something. And his right. shirt he, and he scored the goal and his shirt is in the in the hall of fame
0: oh well okay yeah, I that
1: yeah so yeah just verify that and if i've got it all wrong and i'm sure i haven't come back to me and tell me say tone you you made a boo-boo but uh, no I'm, I'm definitely sure he's in the hall of fame yeah wonderful
0: well what i'll do is i'll ask him if he wants to come and do one of these as well for you oh that would be wonderful i'd love that that would be good yeah 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 that would be really brilliant well i've really enjoyed today jace
1: i really have um, only remains to me to say Jason Lillis I wish you and Gillingham Football Club all the best going forward how's things going at the moment
0: Jace? Um, Obviously we're having a, a few rough times at the moment but everyone's working hard um, in on and off the field um, but through through sort of troubled times and challenging times you've all got to stick together um, and that's what we intend to do to the end so we're all in it together um, like our chairman says we're all on the same ship sailing it yeah. um, and see what and see what this the season brings but hopefully um success will come out of it
1: yeah often, often when things are, are going against you you find out more about people than when everything's all roses and everyone's just rolling along exactly and it's about characters now rolling your sleeves up it is isn't it it's about getting down getting behind everybody and putting your best foot forward as my dad used to say Yeah. exactly right old terminology the, the, the dads don't
0: get a lot wrong do they then they don't know. My dad certainly didn't get a few lot wrong. That's for sure. Funny he's, enough, he steered me in the right direction. Yeah. Funny enough, my dad was a docker for a
1: while as well. So it's funny how these things come around when you're talking to someone, your lives almost go on a sort of path, don't they?
0: I mean, you get my dad on one of these things. He can tell you a few football stories. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nice.
1: Mr. Lillis senior. That'd be brilliant. Oh, that's great stuff. All right. Well, from all of us here at Belmont Banter. So first of all, Jason, thank you for joining us today. I really appreciated it. Uh, everyone is going to enjoy this. You've you've been around the county, you've been around football. There's going to be a lot of people that are involved with it now, whose lives you've touched. And they'll be, like you said, they'll find out a bit about what you did as well, which is wonderful. You know, because, yes. you know, as life moves on, we don't go talking about what happened 30 years ago, do we? It's just, it's in the past. Uh, you don't stand there and uh, having a, beer at gillingham telling everyone when you were kicking a ball at uh, folkestone or whatever you did unless of course they know about it but uh, they will now (laughs) all right so from me here at belmont banter and jason Lillis on the other end of zoom it's goodbye for now everyone cheers everyone thank you pleasure cheers Joe. thank you thank you
0: whitstable town football club's main sponsor is fibertech uk limited they are providers of optical fiber services to the telecoms industry Specialising in optical fibre provision, local and long haul, we offer a full turnkey solution to our clients throughout London and the South of England. Contact us through the website for more details. Your host Tony Rouse every week on Belmont Banter for news about local football in Kent and beyond.
1: I do hope that you've enjoyed today's episode of Belmont Banter. Don't forget there's a new episode out every week which comes out on a Sunday night, early Monday morning. And you can leave your suggestions for a guest to invite at the end. And leave a like and don't forget to pass it on to all your mates. Cheers!